This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete your message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you talking about? Battle for LA Podcast. Part of the Clutch Points Network. Here with Ryan Ward, Bob Garcia, and I'm Tomer Zarley. As you guys may know, uh, Ryan covers the Lakers for us Boom. for Clutch Points. Booyah. Uh, Bob is also a uh, fellow Lakers insider. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, several uh, years. If, I don't know if you guys will know. I, I do some Clipper stuff here and there. You know, go to some games. Nobody knows. Talk to some guys, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Grab some phone numbers from players. <clears throat> but who's, who's bragging about that? Uh, so... As our first episode, uh, we have both the Lakers and Clippers in a heated battle right now for the playoff spot. Uh, right now, it seems like both six, oh, both seven and eight are up for grabs. Six might even be up for grabs. Um, but I think we should start with the uh, with the Lakers, who are, you know, they ended their their two game skid, and I think that's thanks to one of their uh, young guys, right? One of the guys that was in the trade for Anthony Davis, correct? Mr. Brandon Ingram. 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 Ingram's looked pretty damn good lately. I've been a pretty harsh critic of Ingram throughout the last couple of years, but he's he's starting to come along. He was he got twenty seven point eight points per game last last four seven point five rebounds. Uh, perhaps I've, the one thing I've been in, impressed the most is he's knocking down free throws. I mean, can't say the same about LeBron James, <laughs> but uh, Ingram's knocking him down. Seventy-four point four percent. Even though that doesn't sound impressive uh, for you know somebody of that that's a high volume score, he, he's getting better. He's getting better and better with each game. But Ingram is what a sixty-seven percent free throw shooter on the year. So I guess that's an improvement. Exactly. It's been his career. That's how it's been. It's just he's had trouble shooting free throws, and it just he's more assertive. He's not selling for mid-range jumpers as Brian's favorite shot above the free throw line. But it actually is my favorite shot. <laughs> But not when you're in the NBA. Not, not in this NBA. It's a low percentage shot in today's NBA. It is. Pick up games, money. Money. But uh, not in the NBA. Is he, is he, is he going to have to keep up this pace, though, for them to do anything? I don't know, man. Because you know what? The thing I've noticed with him and, and like Kuzma is whenever I see Kuzma blow up and have a good, solid offensive night, 25 to 30 points, they win, and they win comfortably. Whenever Ingram does this, they still eke it out or they lose. It's always like, you know, super close or they just, or they, they fall apart. I think it's more just, he needs to be the third guy. To step he up. does Ingram. Yeah. Him. So it can't just be LeBron and Ingram or LeBron and Kuzma it has to be more offensive weapons and just two guys. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more like having more balance scoring. And it's more guys you have to account for. And then also different lineups you can use. You can have either, you know, Ingram, he's more effective when he's on the floor without LeBron. Mm. 
being him be more the primary scorer, and then you can mix it up either way throughout the game. So I think it's just more of him being a supplementary scorer and not being the primary guy. Well, I think, like I told you guys this at the beginning of the year, that it just didn't look like they could play together. Ingram and, and LeBron side mm-hmm. by side. It just didn't look like their game complemented each other, especially with Ingram not being able to hit the three. But, I mean, hey, if Ingram's going to shoot 54 from three, 54% from three, I mean, that's exactly what you need alongside LeBron. Yeah, well, I don't th- I don't think it, many people respect his, his shooting from outside, so they kind of give him that shot. And if he keeps in it, he's not going to get that shot. But I, I think... I mean, that kid, if he gets a three-point shot and he knocks down free throws consistently and continues to drive the basket and get to the foul line, mm-hmm. he's going to be a stud and a half. But here's the thing. He was shooting 39% from three last year. So, I mean, yeah, but how many he's down to 31. Like what? He's actually Two? attempting 1.8 last year and this year. He's just shooting 39%. He was shooting 39% last year as opposed to It's 31. a different kind of three-pointer, though, that he's getting. With you LeBron know, on the court? Yeah, with LeBron on the court. It's more to spot up this year, where last year he's probably created on his own looking for a three. Even it's even it's not that that high of a, a rate that he's doing that, but it's just more of a different approach, different mentality. Isn't a spot-up three easier to knock down? It is. Depends on what kind of player you are. If you're confident in your shot. And he's, he doesn't really... You don't, you know, he's usually has the ball around three point line. He's always either driving in or backing the defender down. You know, where he's already just outside the paint, and he's already backing the defender down. Or he's not looking to shoot threes. It's not a part of his game yeah. where he's his game is attack the basket or shoot him in mid range jumper at the el- at one of the elbows. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty much him, right? And he's 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 a decent passer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can board. I mean, look at that seven point six or seven point five rebounds per game last four. That's pretty damn good. Um, for him anyway, but, uh, I think one key I've noticed with him too, is if he's aggressive, if he's aggressive and he continues to attack, 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 teams don't know what the hell to do with him. They don't. It's his length. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's his confidence too. He's, I mean, he can finish with either hand. Mm-hmm. He's smooth. I mean, he, he, he's not afraid of contact either, no. which is great for, you know, a guy with his frame. Right. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of upside. I mean, I'm I'm coming around, coming around on this guy. You just gotta stay aggressive. That's just his biggest thing. Yeah. If he does not aggressive, then he's not gonna be a factor on the floor, and he's not gonna he's gonna score points, but they're not gonna be points that are gonna make a difference as they should be. Well, I see I see aggressiveness for him as like not settling for those mid range jumpers. Yes. Yeah. If he's settling for those mid range, that's that's what the defense wants. Yeah. They're Low percentage, like, mid range contested, you know, jumpers from the free throw line are a little bit extended from that. That's just that that's what they want, and well, I think he's comfortable I mean, that, shooting that's that. That's part of the thing too. I think. When when he's when he's having these high scoring nights, it's like he's uh he's trading twos for threes, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's constantly him going down. He's working his ass off to get this jumper off at the elbow or whatever, and and then they go down, and they nail the three and come right back. And that's what that's what also makes it so important that he hits his free throws. Yes. He's going to be getting to the rim. He's going to get a lot more fouls called, and it's it's something that he's that he's got to you know continue to do in order to improve. What about your clips? Anybody impressing you? I mean, hey, we've got we've got our own young guy in uh, Montrez Harrell, twenty five years of age, only fourth year. I think people forget that about him. They feel like he's a a vet, but he's only only been there four years. He uh, he matched his career high uh, with thirty points a couple games ago, and he followed up with thirty two points, which is career high after that. Um, back to back. Uh, there was a game in between, but he got thirty. I think oh. he got eighteen the next game, Still and impressive. then he had thirty two. Uh, yeah, he he became I think one of the first players to do it on like seventy five percent shooting or something like that. He did he shot fourteen of seventeen from the field. He was lights out. He's, he's been, been uh, all in the paint. 
He had a, I think he had a little floater. Uh, in so, the, yeah, all in the pain. No, I think it was one of those extended floaters from, like, the free throw line. I oh, think it was okay. one of those. But um, he's just been he's just been phenomenal off their bench. He's been he's been so the energy for them. Uh, I mean, the Lakers have seen it. You know, this <laughs> season when he comes in, it's just he just terrorizes guys inside. It's, yeah, he's a beast. It's it, it's it's a lot of trouble for opponents. And um, you know, once he gets that mid range or three point shot, who knows? You know, the ceiling is the do roof, as Jordan once said. The sh- <laughs> uh, I think he can do that. I think I he can get Jordan, that. I love Jordan, but damn. What, yeah, that was one of them. quote. Man. I love quoting him on that, though. The ceiling is the roof. But yeah, just going back to Trez. Trez has just been putting in so much work, and he loves the game so much that... Trez? Is that the... Is that what you that's call That's his him? nickname. That, that's, what, that's what we here in Clipperland that's call That's the inner Marcus circle? That's what, you, that's what you call him? The inner circle. It's not Trez star? Sure. That's it? what you text him. What, what up, Trez? I, I don't have his number, so <laughs> I can't. Not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. not yet. Not yet. Okay, not yet. I, I, I like the optimism. <laughs> uh, so with the Lakers now, what are they, a few games back of a playoff spot? I mean, is it worth it for them to even get in? I mean, uh, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Should they be pushing to get in or, you know, should they be content with possibly resting LeBron, getting the draft pick that they have coming up in the lottery? Because um, they, they keep their pick if they miss the playoffs. Or if they make it, still make it they still keep it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, but I'm, yeah, you get what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of people say, like, okay, why make it when you're just going to go in and get destroyed by the Warriors? Say if they're the eighth seed and the Warriors stay at number one. Um, but I think it's a huge, huge morale boost and it, and it, and a confidence heading into the next season, regardless of what the hell happens in the playoffs. I don't care if they take – if they don't take any games, they take one game. Whatever, get in, just get in. I mean, there's been so much negative shit flying around this team for the last month, two months. Just, just you just get end the season on a high note, man. Whether even if you get killed in the playoffs, end the season on a high note. And it's been what six six years now. If they don't make it this year, yeah, it'd be six. So years it's, in it's a row. too long that you can't be in the playoffs, regardless if you get knocked on the first Especially round. This franchise, I mean, that's different from others, but so it, it's it's. I guess it's morale boost. It's someone. It's it's something that you can say that you know the young, if you keep the young guys, something they can build off of, something that gives them confidence. That, hey, we got what it takes to make the playoffs. We got you know experience, and I don't know. I I just I just can't see you know from the player standpoint. You can't you know like you don't have that mental approach. Like let's not make the playoffs, or we we gonna fall short from this. And it just seems like it's. I don't know. I I I just can't envision them sitting LeBron if that's what you're trying to hint at. But look, I think they, they will. I think they get to that point where it's the, the the just the it's just not plausible that they're going to get in the playoffs. I think they sit them. Are you still on bo- on, on board with them not making the playoffs? Yeah, you think they're not going right to make now. it? Bob, yeah. you think they make it? If the way they're playing right now, no. Because it's it's they they beat good teams and then they lose to teams you're supposed to beat. That that just doesn't make any sense how they're playing up to point to the great the best teams yeah. in the league and then you play Atlanta and you're playing down to them. You're playing down to them, one of the worst scoring offenses in the league, and you're allowing them to outscore you. Put some respect on Atlanta's name. They've been rolling. Well, oh yeah, yeah, the young guys are looking good. You Trae know, Trae Young back to back thirty. Atlanta, dude, Trey Young got thirty back to back thirty point tennis games. Yeah, and where are they going? There's a reason why they, they have a lottery right now. The lottery. The lottery, yeah. 
The, exactly. hey, same place Lakers could be headed if they're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I'm saying, you just you got to beat teams that you should be beat. Not saying that they're going to be a world beater, but it's just that's the frustrating part. I even them. said this earlier in the season. Like they needed to put their foot on the throat of these teams mm-hmm. that they should beat and blow out teams by 20. You got to do that consistently to build that confidence up and have it, you know, carry over. I don't care if you can play toe-to-toe with the, the Warriors if you fucking lose to the Hawks and the Grizzlies and you do that consistently to the point where you go into any game and you think you could lose. It's Any game. It's to the point where they can lose any game and they can win any game. That's yeah. what it feels like. Any single that's game. That's a terrible way to be. I mean, that's just... You've obviously got the talent. You've got the talent to, to be good in this league. And then... And if you can't keep up that up consistently, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. And it's already been somewhat of a disaster. Well, it's weird how people are talking about the Lakers potentially tanking, you know, and arresting LeBron, but they really want to get in. Where the Clippers, people are talking about them tanking when they really want to get in. I mean, the Clippers have more of a case for, for tanking than the Lakers. I don't they, think, they I don't do think the that, Lakers benefit from doing anything like that. I mean, the Lakers keep their pick. And aren't they looking to make some kind of AD trade? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean it's just I mean they can throw that in regardless. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that much difference whether they make it or not. The way the way the way this year is going for the Clippers, I feel like it just feels like they're going to squeak in to a 7th and 8th seed. I think the the Kings, man, they are fucking dangerous. They just lost Marvin Bagley for about a week and a half, that's two true, weeks, so. But it is a week and a half and that's I mean that could be costly. Hey, you know who's playing? You know who's playing? The Clippers and the Kings are playing soon, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah. That season yeah, all series. All these games online. are going to be interesting. Yeah. From here on out. I just don't see the Clippers. Like, I know some people on Twitter have talked about them tanking, keeping their pick, using it as potential. You said that that if they don't make the playoffs, they keep their pick, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the thing is, if they miss the playoffs, they keep their pick. But if they make the playoffs, it goes to Boston. Yeah. And Boston could potentially use that in a deal for Anthony Davis or something like that. See, now, from that perspective, then how do they really benefit from going to the playoffs? Uh, Well, they're just – they're just – committed to winning they're trying to even if they're not going to make significant noise if you show potential free agents that eh, we're not really interested in making the playoffs this year what does that really show you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'm sure free agents like you know durant or Kawhi leonard jimmy butler even if they're not seriously looking at them you have to say okay look even though they don't have the star power uh they're still committed to trying to get to the playoffs they're still trying to have this you know put on a good display for their fans um and just make a name for themselves uh, that's just that's just what I see, and I I don't think, I mean the way it is like right now I I think they'll squeak in. I always thought LeBron would lead the Lakers somehow into the playoffs. Like it's just it's just what LeBron does, lead his team to the playoffs. But I think the Clippers uh, get in if they win the games they're supposed to get in. Uh, win. Uh, it'll be interesting. I I don't think they want their pick. Like I think they'll be content with keeping it if it happens, but they're not actively looking. So you to get think it. Steve Ballmer wants no part of tanking? What's Did you see him on Jimmy Kimmel the other night? Well, yeah, you show me, you show me that clip. Oh, dude, Jim, he was like, you know, that energy he has is insane. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel asked him if he's if he's uh, content with losing this year. You know, are we even trying to win this year? And he said, we don't give up. He said, it's a fundamental of our culture. We're because about having it takes everything. It takes everything. <laughs> he was t- he was saying he said, and I quote, we're about having tough, hard minded, hard playing, competitive guys. You know, uh, a hard, a tough, hard-playing staff like Doc Rivers, Jerry West, Lawrence Frank. Uh, he's a hard-playing, competitive guy. Um, but at the same time, they're also setting themselves up for, you know, 
a big year next year with free agency and, and the guys that they have available. Uh, yeah, Steve Ballmer is just, you know, he paid $2 billion for this team and not to be in the lottery for the first couple of years. You know, he wants to win. He wants to win now. Um, I think it was interesting that he was on Kevin Durant's new ESPN Plus show. Yeah, that's... That was interesting. Yeah, I don't... See, I don't that, get how that see, works. How, see, like, magic, that's how you tamper. <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing. <laughs> well, like he even said, though, wasn't the Warriors president there, too? Yeah, no, I was just kidding. Uh, the Warriors president was there, I think. It's just interesting dynamic the while the season's there. still going. Like, if that's the off season, yeah, I, I get that. But it's it's still in season. So they had to call these guys and all get them to go together. I just think the Clippers, what they have is they have solid supporting players. You got enough cap space to, for two guys to come in and create their own culture and identity with the team. And if you make the playoffs, that, that shows that, hey, we got – the supporting piece is there. We just need the two stars. Right, right. And that that's exactly to Bob's point that, you know, a Kawhi Leonard goes, okay, you know what? With their space, just plug me into this team as it is, and I'm leading him to, you know, the Western Conference Finals or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just think about him. He's probably going, okay, plug me into this team with Lou Williams, with Montrez Harrell, with Patrick Beverly, all, all hard-playing guys. Plug me in with young guys like Shea Gildas-Alexander, Landry Shamit, Jerome Robinson. You know they're play, they're competing now and you know down the line. I just think it's 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 a great mix for them. They're in a great position where yeah, you know I'll even if they don't one, even yeah. if they don't land a big big guy, I, you've got. Ironically three, enough, I think they're in a better position than the Lakers are. Yeah, I, I think they are as well. I think they are as well. They've got three young guys, you know, who they could you know a point guard and a couple shooting guards they can make something out of. Uh, it's just they they've got a lot of options. There's there's no way to really know which way they're going. You got yeah, a lot of so different much. ways you can go with it too. I mean, you already got your bench. You know, you already got was it the highest scoring bench in the last what, 25 years, and you you got you got the pieces there. Like you just need the star power. That's it. Like you have what you what you need around that in order to have success, a long term success. And it's just this summer. It's just the biggest thing to see if someone can do more than just have a meeting with the Clippers. That's well, just I, the only I thing think that's it's <laughs> two of the worst kept secrets in the NBA. That Durant's going at the Knicks, and Kawhi's coming out to the Clips, and the Lakers are gonna be fucked. You think those are done deals? I I I mean, it just seems to all be trending that way. Like how Durant, like I was telling you earlier, how Durant moved all his businesses to to New York. Like, the, oh, there's no connection there. No, no, none whatsoever. None, none whatsoever. In the middle of the season, like, come on, dude. So it, it I don't know. It just to me, it's just that. I I mean, it, you. The Clippers, I think they they put themselves in a great position. You also have Jerry West in there, who's you know one hell of a pitch guy. You know he's he was there helping Kevin Durant, helping get Kevin Durant to the Warriors. So I mean you got someone who's proven to show that they can yeah, persuade people. I mean to to join certain teams, whatever team he's with. So it's it's that move is still one that the Lakers really messed up on. Yeah, Jerry West. Yeah, like letting him just slip through their fingers and. Not just to anyone, to their to their inner city rival. Exactly, across the hall. That's just the across the hall of all places. Yeah, he was there for the taking too. Like he was open to. Well, I mean, who knows what the hell went on between that? You know, what his true intentions were. Well, I know Ballmer had some connections um, through, I think, the Clippers' ownership to Jerry West. I forgot who who it was who knew Jerry, and I guess they built that relationship up, and then, you know, boom, here we are. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, that's for the rest of the year, like, you know, let's touch on the Lakers, for example. Like, their struggles, is it just 
is it is it like because we saw them struggle when LeBron was out and then when he came back, but one constant we've seen is Lonzo Ball's injury and yeah, you know, is he the reason they're struggling a lot? You can tell there's definitely a different uh, perimeter play. Uh, for sure that defensively it's just it's Lonzo is I think he's a very underrated defender you know granted he may have his offensive issues but defensively he's very smart he he knows when to uh, pick you know when to take chances and he's he's one to play good team defense you don't have to worry about him slacking off he's good in transition there's there's a lot of positive things he does and that's something that they're lacking in the backcourt definitely and then you know it moves other players around you know Rondo can go to the bench you got uh, Josh, you also got to factor in Josh Hart's not 100. percent So is he still injured? Uh, yeah, he's well. I mean, he's playing, knee, yeah. But the tendonitis is bothering him every oh. game. Oh, so it it they're, they're, it's more than just Lonzo, but Lonzo's a huge part of their defense, and and you know he's he's an underrated part of the team in that regard. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I think uh, two of the biggest things that that Lonzo brings is ball movement and defense, and that's two things we haven't seen much of. I mean, last night. Well, against the Pelicans was an ex- – I thought that, that the Lakers actually played well in that aspect. They played decent defense. I'll never say they played great defense. But their ball movement was really impressive. I mean, they had a season-high 37 assists. And I, I mean, you could see it. I mean, everybody was dishing. Everyone was dishing. Um, and when Lonzo's out there, if the ball moves – I mean, he gets in into to point guards. He gets in other guards. I mean, because he's a big guard, he can guard both the, the, the backcourt positions. So, it's a huge loss. I mean, it's everybody you know concentrates on his ugly shot and you know his free throw percentage, but everything else he brings to the court is just it's it's crucial. Do you think it'd be safe to say? I mean, obviously we know LeBron is the greatest player right now in the world, but is he? Yes. Is he? Yes. Is he? When he wants to give 100% effort, yes. But is 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 Lonzo Ball's injury almost more, you know, affecting the Lakers than LeBron's injury? Could you say that? Well, we know what the one thing that really affected this whole thing, and it's the Anthony Davis trade rumors. It ripped this team apart. Mentally, yeah. Yeah, and that I think that does more than any kind of injury, right? Because if you can't, I don't care, you know, how healthy you are. If you, if you If you get screwed up mentally and you don't trust anybody and you think that people want you gone or they don't value you, then why would you have any motivation to play? And I think that kind of just kind of just went straight through the locker room with LeBron just sitting there, like just waiting for the, you know, for AD to come and it didn't happen. And this is the after effect. And this is the first time that these young guys have to deal with that kind of stuff. So they, they don't know, you know, the business side just yet. They're still adjusting to that. They don't know that, it, you know, you can get traded any, at any moment during probably the trade deadline any season. People take things different ways. I mean, you see the way Kuzma and Ingram embrace it, and they're actually really they're pros already. The way that they they handle themselves, um, both the way that the way they talk about it, the way they handle it. Uh, I mean, they're still playing still playing well, at least in the media. But I mean, look inside; these are twenty one, twenty two year olds well, yeah. who have to uproot their life completely. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're NBA players, but it's also a huge life, career change, family yeah. change for them. But too. it's like anybody, anybody in life, though. Things go on. Yeah, you do your job from day to day, and you don't let you know people know what's going on inside or whatever. And some people can handle it; some people can't. There's, the there's also that you know, like the long term outlook. Like 
why do I why should I continue to give it my all if I don't know if I'm gonna be here after this season? Especially when the best player in the world, quotation marks, is not giving the effort. Well, Bob touched on, you know, Lonzo Ball giving the effort hundred percent um on defense. And I think we all know there's a guy on the Lakers, not the Clippers, on the Lakers, who doesn't give hundred percent effort. At least that's what it seems like, uh, defensively in LeBron James. Is is his effort just like an optional thing? What's going on there? Like, I haven't been watching as deeply as you guys have. What What is going on there? Like, the thing that pisses me off is when I when I was growing up, and what got me to love this game is when you saw when I saw players that would just do anything on the court to win. I mean, just balls out on both sides, uh, all effort, all the time, never backing down, and that was a thing that you know you, you're like, damn, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could do that anything in life right and then nowadays you see players getting paid more than they've ever been paid ever year to year having more control than they've ever had they're all pissed off they're all moody they all want to go to a different team and they don't they don't give you the the effort i think the one thing that that bothers me about lebron is he's made playing hard and effort optional it's become an option now rather than a necessity and a requirement and the, the the shitty part of it is is you you're in you're showing this to all the young kids that are watching you like oh it's okay to slack off on defense it's okay not to try hard all the time well are we talking about that grizzlies play at all by any chance the one where you left bruno caboclo open for a three and he there was multiple plays okay well, one that one that one i know for example like luke said that uh I Kuzma. think they were playing a, 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 a was, it, was it a zone? A yeah, sort of and zone Kuzma and then, was supposed to come to him, at least try to contest it, try to get there and try to close the gap, but he didn't. He yeah, didn't but they switch. were trying to get the ball out of Mike Conley's hands because they couldn't stop him. So they tried to get the ball in his hands, in uh, Caboclo's hands. But, I mean, that being said, these are NBA players. They're, they're going to make an open jump but he, shot. You can't LeBron just leave open. was just standing in the paint watching this guy shoot. And he could have closed that gap, or at least or tried to try to affect his shot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the guy's a freak athletically, right? If a guy runs out to him, do you think he's hitting that shot, or at least there's a good chance he's going to alter that shot? Yeah, what's I know. the difference? We're talking about a 29 percent three point shooter, that guy, Caboclo. So it's not like he was, you know, the best shooter. But again, these, yeah, but it's, I it's think gambles like that, that 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 irritate me because that kind of like him just running out. Say he went and he run out and he blocked it like. Uh, like, you know, Zion's freak block that was that a few weeks ago, right? Inspires the rest of the guys immediately. Boom. He's playing as hard as he wants to play. I'm going to follow his lead. And the defense sparked. The whole game could change from one play. I think it's just more so of just, like you said, like leading by example. And just, I mean, he, he, he obviously he carries the bulk of the offense. It, it runs through him when he's on the floor. And, it should. and I think, you know, you know he's what in the 16th year and it's like yeah. you have all that mileage on him and he's probably you know the mentality of like you build up that habit of like but you know what i can bullshit i can the whole mileage thing that is fucking bullshit in my opinion because wait i mean he's acting like he's a gas tank and he's only got so much fuel i mean Clearly, Ryan doesn't drive cars past sixty thousand miles. But but at the same time, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen some of my old cars? But at the same time, what I'm trying to say is that like that maybe he has that mentality of where like he built that habit of taking a playoff here and there, and it just shows up at the wrong time. 
during the course of a I game. Don't, I don't get the mentality of, of only trying certain times when you're on the court for 48 minutes. 48 minutes you have to try hard in, in one night. I, I don't get that. These guys are in the best condition. They're freak athletes, right? They're, they're the best in the world at what they do. But they can just, okay, I'm not going to try this play because I'm going to conserve it for the next one. Like, what the fuck? What point did they, they decide that this is okay? Well, well look, th this is clearly frustrating for you, right? The effort. Oh, yeah, it drives me nuts. Well, look, I mean, can I interest you in a guy like Patrick Beverly who plays hard give all 48 him. minutes? Give me him. I, I love guys like that. He's, I mean, for the Clippers, he's been amazing. He, was, he only played 11 contagious. games last year, and he's just, been, he's just been a workhorse for them. He doesn't take plays off. Uh, even Doc Rivers was talking after the game the other day, and he was just saying, like, energy is, is, a, is a talent. Having energy yes. is a talent. Being able to do that on the court for 48 minutes is a talent. It's, you can't just tell somebody, hey, give me energy. You can't, you can't just say that. Well, you've got to be – I mean, that's a personality thing too. You've got to be built that way. You Patrick gotta, Beverly's built that way. And usually it's the guys that struggled all the way up to where they're at, not been coddled their entire career or their entire process to where it's okay to take a few plays off. Who's giving leeway to do what they feel is comfortable for them or what's best for them long-term? I just, I, I just, I, I think the, the, the problem is I grew up watching, Co you know, Jordan and Kobe, and I never saw them take a playoff. Never. Well, at least in their prime for Kobe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jordan took two years off. I mean, Kobe Kane came back from a freaking Achilles yeah. well, that, know, that's, rupture. That's something that's... It's a freak accomplishment in itself. Ryan, Even though he wasn't the same guy. Ryan completely ignored me saying Jordan took two years off. Oh, I already stopped listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, like I was saying. Like, it was load management, dude. Two years. Load <laughs> management. Well, speaking of carrying the load, uh, the Clippers bench has been, as Bob noted earlier, one of the, what, on pace to be the highest scoring bench yeah, in NBA in history? 25 years, I think, last 25. Whew. That's crazy. Right now, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell leading that bench. They're They're combining for 36 Point two points per game right now, which is the most in NBA history for a scoring uh, for, for a bench duo. So most points by a duo off the bench in NBA history, if they finish it that way. Yeah, right now Lou Williams is at nineteen point nine points per game, and Montres Harrell is at sixteen point three. That guy, I have got nothing res but respect for Lou Williams. That guy, when he played for the Lakers, he was lights out basically every night. Every game, the same approach. Uh, yeah. A mental approach. Never mental. was flustered, always calm, and he'd just kill you in the fourth quarter. He could miss four shots in a row. He's still still the same approach. <sighs> was, yeah, Dang, you know what? That's stuck. the thing about Lou Will. He, we, I, was, I was talking to him a couple of times. You know, there was games where he shot like two for 12, two for 13. And, you know, he comes in the clutch with like, you know, three straight made shots. He gets draws fouls and gets to the line. That's he's, where he kills you. He has that gear, man. He's, he's got that it factor that people talk about, you know? It's just all. It's just how he approaches the game. It's just like every game's the same for him. It's not yeah. like I'm. Fa I'm. Fa we're facing the Warriors. We're facing, you know, the Thunder. Whoever. You know, we're facing the Celtics. It's the same. Same approach. I got to get buckets. He's just a baller. I got to score. He's a baller. And I know my role off the bench. And he's he's more than excelled in that. I mean, he could be on pace for another six man. And he's. I mean, he's he's a starter. He's a starter for. for yeah. He should half be. the league. Yeah. And I mean, we haven't even talked about his. 5.4 assists per game. That's probably what? Career high. That's, uh, that's yeah, that's a career high for him. He's averaging a career high 5.4 assists after averaging a career high 5.3 last year. So he's topped that from last year. Uh, he's down a few points per game, but that's because 
there's more more options for them. But just you know his passing game, I don't think anyone knew he was such a great passer. No, and his yeah. pick and roll game with Montrez Harrell has just been. It's just been dynamite. And his ability to draw fouls behind the three. Yeah, it's, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's they've, just, they've actually just not given him those calls, those shooting fouls. But, I mean, for him to be able to draw fouls in general, it just seems like he just knows how to bait people yeah. into jumping and it or never fouling fails. him. It always happens. It's it's it, exactly how it was with the Lakers. Like You would be like, drew a foul. Well, that's typical. You knew it was do. coming yeah. half the time. You're like, look at what. This guy's going to get – he's going to yeah. foul and go straight to the line. We'll lose averaging, what, 6.4 free throws per game this year. That's Again, incredible. career Off high. Off the bench. Career high, yeah. Career high for him. How many so, minutes does he play? He's playing 26 and a half minutes per game right now, uh, which is not a career high by any means. He's played. He's had a couple seasons where he's played over over 26. We, one thing I do feel for Lou, though, I, I, I mean, I was going to say I kind of hope that Clippers do something next year. If he, What's his contract? Oh, he's he's on a he signed a three year three extension. Twenty one, right? This year, twenty four. Twenty four. No, uh, it's I think believe I believe he started this year, so he's locked in for eight million this year, eight million the year after, what a and eight million the year after. Yeah, it's an absolute steal. And he signed that just because he wanted, he wants security. He just wants to stay. You know, he yeah. was he was on well, the that's, Lakers. That's what I was gonna say. It's like he, he plays consistently well all the time, never never seems to dip, and he always gets traded. And I yeah. think it's partly because of these kind of contracts because they're easy to move. Well, and he's productive. He he what he was on the Lakers. I remember when he uh, originally signed the extension last year because what it was was remember he was on the Lakers. He was traded to the Rockets, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then the Rockets made that playoff run, and they traded him to the Clippers That's for Chris saying, Paul. Yeah. So he told. I mean, I remember he was telling us when he signed that extension that he sold his house in L.A. after being traded from the Lakers, <laughs> and he was like, "All right, well, I guess we're going to start new in Houston." Only to be traded back to L.A. What six months and I later? I thought he was perfect in Houston. I thought like, he look, fit the, tra- in the trade deadline was February, and he was traded back in like June. Shit, he was in Houston enough. for four months and sold his house for that. Shitty. <laughs> that so he sucks. was like, he was like, at the end of the day, I just want security. I just want to, you know, yeah. live in one place. I got kids who need to grow up in one place. So, I think that factored big time in the bargain deal um, with the Clippers, and they'll take it. He and yeah. Montrezl Harrell are, are both on. He's on bargain the guy. Deals. Has shown. I mean, how old is he? He's got to be in his 30s 31, now, right? 32, right? Uh, Lou Williams right now is uh, 32 years old. Yeah, 32 and a half. It doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Well, he reminds me a little of Jamal Crawford. Like he yeah. can just sustain. He's just a just a score. The guy's a score. You know what you're. And he's no drama either. No off the court bullshit. No, you know, I need the ball or anything like that. He just plays. You know what you're getting every night. Yeah, exactly. Every single night, you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy who's going to be he's aggressive when he has the ball in his hands, and now even more so, he's a distributor. That's. Yeah, makes it even more of a factor. I think he was always that. He was just they just teams just never needed him to be that. Well, even they needed him coming off the bench. Give me fifteen. Give me twenty. Well, it helps that you have Montrez. So I mean, it's just you have another guy who's capable of scoring. He's probably. I mean, I don't watch the games personally, but I know they probably had a you know at least a handful. Oh, of, their pick and roll game is insane. Yeah. So I mean, Trez and Trez and Lou Williams, they're so I mean they're one two punch. Work they, off each other. They've played in like Atlanta leagues. They were telling me all over the U.S. And Atlanta League, where they just played like you know summer ball, pickup ball at these different leagues, Drew League even. See, these guys, these are the kind of guys I really like. They they just love to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, they just love it. Yeah, I mean that should be enough, man. Just you love to play, and you're playing on the highest level, and you're and you're good at it. And have you ever heard one of Montrezl Harrell's post game interview? No. Every time we ask him, like, where does the energy come from? He goes, "I'm just blessed to be here, so I got to give it all. I got to give it my Great all." Great attitude. Yeah. So I think the Clippers Take are lucky to notes, have notes, other pros. <laughs> Whew. Okay, well, uh, that's it for Battle of LA Episode 1. 
Uh, I think we're all wrapped on those. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Ryan Ward LA is his Twitter. Uh, Bob Garcia, he's a little more complicated, guys. Yeah, bear with me. Because I have to me. use my suffix here. Bob Garcia here is B Garcia IV Sports. So Bob Garcia the fourth. Cut it down, son. And Cut it down. Should make it yeah, simple. Make it easier on us. Bro. Yeah. Well, I just like using my suffixes. You know, how many of the force do you actually see? Let's follow Ryan. Follow Bob. You can follow me at Tomerazarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. See you guys. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>